welcome to the Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we will be talking about how to access the best quality water. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you guys a few reasons why drinking adequate water is essential for your health. And later, we'll be chatting with our expert for today, Dr. Floyd Atkins, a retired podiatrist who now works with patients using preventative health care and wellness education. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning in to the show from all over the world. Shout out to the listeners in Uganda, South Africa, Germany, Poland, Australia, Canada, France, and more. I really appreciate you. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Y'all, I am excited to chat about water today. I can't tell you the number of times I have had clients tell me that I have changed their entire life just from spotting that they are dehydrated. So many people report less hunger cravings, more energy, improved skin quality, and weight loss just from ensuring they're adequately hydrated. Why is hydration everything? Because your body is made up of 65 to 70% water and there are many metabolic processes that water is needed for. Every single part of your body, especially the tissues, the cells, our organs, need water to function properly. Water delivers nutrients to our cells, and it also helps us remove toxins and metabolic waste from the cells as well. So when you lose more fluids than you take in, and the body doesn't have enough fluids to perform its normal processes, this is when dehydration occurs. Fluids are released from our bodies through sweating, urine, defecation, as well as through breathing, and it's important to replace those fluids. In dehydration, water loss can be due to a defect in the thirst sensing mechanism, insufficient water intake, which is the most common, impaired consciousness, or an inability to consume water or excess loss of water. For athletes or anyone who's super physically active, Dehydration at the level of 2% or greater of the body weight impedes the body's ability to properly circulate oxygen and nutrients, and then this leads to impaired performance. This is likely due to a reduced plasma or blood volume, which leads to the reduced capacity to achieve maximal cardiac output and sufficient blood circulation. Also, alterations in sweat gland functioning sweating is lessened or it ceases as the body attempts to conserve water. The combined effects of these physiological changes lead to a relatively rapid rise in our body temperature, and this increases the risk of cramps, exhaustion, and heat stroke. Losses of 5 to 7% or more can lead to muscular cramping, heat exhaustion, and straight-up collapsing. (laughs) marathon runners can actually lose six to eight percent of their body weight in water in a race once you've been exercising intensely for like two to three hours electrolyte losses can start to also become very significant and electrolyte replacement may be required 
For exercise of shorter durations and lesser intensity, a post-workout race meal is usually sufficient to restore electrolytes to the body. So how do you determine if you are dehydrated? Child, if you're an athlete, you can actually estimate your water needs by weighing yourself before and after an intense workout. If your body weight loss exceeds 2% of your total body weight, it's generally a sign that you had insufficient water intake prior and during a workout. You can also work with a nutritionist to determine your sweat rate and personalize your fluid needs for your activity. If you're just an average person, you can also examine the color of your urine. This is a really awesome way to know if you're dehydrated. The lighter the color of your urine, the more hydrated you are. Some signs of dehydration include If it's acute, you might experience things like dry mouth, darker colored urine, yellow to brown, lack of urine altogether, dizziness, headache or migraines, confusion, or the inability to concentrate. Sometimes frequent hunger is actually a sign of dehydration and people find that as they drink more, they snack less. Some things that can happen if your dehydration is chronic You can get decreased kidney function, hypertension, UTIs, intestinal failure, dementia, muscle damage, and constipation. I hope this has opened your eyes a little bit into why your water intake is so important. We are going to take a short break, and when we return, we are going to speak to our amazing expert for today. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. Today's guest is Dr. Floyd Atkins Jr. He's a native of Memphis, Tennessee, a graduate of Morehouse College with a BA in biology, and he's also a graduate of Ohio College of Podiatric Medicine. He completed his residency training at Kerwood General Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. He established his private podiatric medical practice, the Foot Specialist, PC, in 1983 with an emphasis in sports medicine, diabetic foot care, and wound healing. He was board certified in foot surgery in 1990 and for many years served as a sports injury consultant for collegiate and professional athletes and organizations. In 1996, he entered the ministry and became an advocate for spiritual and physical wellness in the effort to connect the dots between mind, body, and spirit. He retired from practice of podiatric medicine in 2003 to fully devote his time to the vision of preventative health care and wellness education. He is the author of An Ounce of Prevention, Five Powerful Pearls That Will Preserve Your Life, and he currently pursues his passion as a national speaker and advocate for wellness, scientific researcher, author, and wellness educator, coach, and consultant at the Center for Wellness and Healing in Houston, Texas. All right, Dr. Floyd, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm really excited to talk about water. (laughs) 
But before we get into that, I really would love to know how you became a podiatrist and what your what your journey was to even wanting to be involved in health. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for having me. First of all, I'm, I'm uh, excited to be here and I just love to uh, talk to people when it comes to health and wellness. My uh, journey in podiatry, uh, I guess, began uh, after leaving undergraduate. I knew I was going into some field of medicine and it was an area where, you know, one of my underlying uh, factors, I didn't want to deal with people that uh, when it comes to helping them, they have to deal with sickness and death. And podiatry is a service that you provide help for people who are basically in pain. And when you relieve that pain, people are so grateful for what you do for them. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, after 20, uh, approximately 24 years in practice, I started transitioning. I, I was doing a lot of diabetic foot care and um, quite a bit of wound care, uh, sports medicine and things like that, dealing with injuries. So it, it led me down the path of understanding um you know, that healing was the most important thing when it comes to medicine. And uh, I guess that's how I kind of eventually transitioned into the field of doing more wellness. How can I help people stay healthy and get healthy? Mm, Got you. And what led you to be fascinated about water besides the fact that we always have to drink it every day? (laughs) Well, you know, you know, I have to have to mention my wife and I, uh, she was in, um, primary care family practice, but she worked in ER and I was doing, uh, I had a private practice in podiatry. And, and, you know, the more we learned about health and wellness and learn more, learn about how to take care of your bodies, we realized that what we were uh, doing ourselves, we wasn't sharing with our practice and our patient population. And one day she decided, she told me she didn't, she wanted to do more when it came to helping people. And so uh, that was the beginning of the transition. I guess back in the, in the late 90s, we started transitioning our family into eating more healthy and having a better, better diet. And uh, eventually we we decided to open up. I think our first uh, big challenge was to open up a health food store. And we um, actually was a nutrition and wellness center. And we did that for a while and we were very successful with that. We were so successful until GNC opened up a store right down the street from us. Oh, wow. <laughs> Basically, um, but, but, you know, we had loyal customers and dealt with that. And so then, you know, it, it got to be those nutritional supplements. And then realized that it was more than supplements because people, a lot of people will use supplements as medicine rather than use a supplement as a supplement. And then we right. start transitioning out diet and lifestyle into the food because we you know, really stood on the fact that food should be your medicine. That should be your first medicine. That should be, that's what we were given to to heal ourselves with. Mm. And, and after really focusing on, uh, you know, organics, eating healthy, eating balanced diet, uh, you know, plant-based raw, we realized that one common denominator in everything we do, we do is the water. And I, I had been researching water for about 10 years. I wrote a book about, uh, about eight years ago, uh, called an ounce of prevention, and in that book, I have a whole chapter just talking about water and the mm. benefits. And you know, we take water for granted, and so that's how I got it. You know, I want to bring it to people's forefront that you know, not only are our bodies seventy five percent water, but uh, everything we do is based around water and wellness. So it, it's essential. Hmm, that's amazing. So why don't we start with? There's just so many different types of water. Um, I want to start with tap water because I think. A lot of people who don't have access, maybe they don't, you know, have the money to get bottled water or fancy alkaline water. They're just drinking tap. Why should we be concerned about drinking tap water? What kinds of contaminants can we be exposed to? Well, it's so it's when it comes to tap water, um, you know, 
At one time, tap water was considered good water and, and cities used to boast about how well their tap water system is. But over the years, which we can all attest to as we live on this planet and the population grows and industry and technology takes over, uh, we have just become um, more and more of a toxic society. I look at the statistics where they say over 42 states in the United States have over 260 different chemicals in the water. And these are not water chemicals that's for protection. These are chemicals that come from industry. They come from runoff. They come from um, agricultural runoff. They come from so many sources. And then just industry, and when it comes to plastics and when it comes to manufacturers, they dump everything in our rivers and streams. So our mm-hmm. local community water authorities get the water, they clean it up as much as they can, which is basically a carbon filtration, and they add things like chlorine to the water. Specifically, they kill bacteria. And so we're drinking that water that, number one, is chemicals. And I, I encourage people to look at their, they can go to their website or whatever city they're in and look at the city, the municipal water authority. They, they put out a report every year, each 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 municipality, and it indicates what chemicals that they are testing for in the water and the levels. Now, so you can actually get an idea of what's in your, where you're going to get an idea of what they test for. That's the drawback that people don't realize. But although there may be 80 chemicals that are not tested in the water, and those are the things I really focus on because people are not aware of what they're drinking, you know, when they drink water. Just like we we look at Flint, Michigan, there are places in New Jersey that are, um, that are very toxic. We look at Flint, and it's a, a lead problem. But in every city, there are problems, especially in the industrial northeast. Any place east of the Mississippi River is really, really bad when we look at the chemicals in the water. You know, you have your, your what we call organophosphates, which are your household detergents in the water. You have your VOC, mm-hmm. volatile organic compounds. You have your pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. And then you have your plastics in the water. And all of these things remain in the water, even if they get filtered and come back to us. You know, we, we flush wow. our toilets, we flush our medica- medications when we are, they get expired. We flush them down a drain. They leave our toilets and go to the municipal water system. The water gets filtered. They come back and those same pharmaceuticals are still in the water that left our house. Or, you know, so it's it's a big problem when it comes to tap water. So we have to have to really, you know, I, I advocate that people find some way to at least filter their tap water to some degree. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the average person, they're like, oh, I'm just going to get a Brita filter. But that is not really going to cut it, right? Not going to cut it. You know, Brita is a, it's a, a, a great thought. But Brita, it, you, when you read their package inserts on their filters, it really says that they remove uh, some chlorine and chloram- chloramines. And also um, they remove um, some uh, particulate matter and, uh, and they really remove the odor and taste out of water. But when it comes to something like um, arsenic or when it comes to lead or cadmium or any of the heavy metals, when it comes to pesticides, they're still there. So we feel better about it, but we're really not helping ourselves. So how do we find a good water filter if we're going to use tap? Well, if you're going to use tap, um, you know, the first start, you know, I, I, the first thing is, you know, for people who can afford it, I would start off with a re- with a reverse osmosis system uh, first, because that does remove some chemicals. That, you know, I've I investigated for a long time. The the negative about reverse osmosis it does remove minerals out of the water, most all minerals. So you have to remineralize the water. The negative is that it does get some uh, chemicals out of the water, but not all. It gets some pesticides, but not all. 
uh, pharmaceuticals that doesn't get it all. Uh, so that's a first step. So that's that's the that's the choice we really have. We don't really have a lot of choice when it comes to tap water. You know, uh, some people want to distill water or boil water, but mm-hmm. boiling water really doesn't remove any chemicals out of the water. It, it evaporates. Some um, aromatic, what we call volatile chemicals, might evaporate, but most of them don't. They, the minerals tend and the heavy metals tend to condense in the water because you decrease the amount of water content and you you concentrate the chemicals into the water. Uh, there is, you know, out of my, my research, there is one filtering um, filtering system. This is a system I use. Um, it's a company that sells a filter that actually does remove um, uh, pharmaceuticals. It does remove the pesticides, herbicides. It removes over 120, uh, excuse me, 172 chemicals out of the water. And it's a great filter to use. And actually, it comes, uh, it's very similar in design to the Brita filter. So if you have a Brita filter, you could buy this filter and put it in your Brita and it will give you the same uh, benefit. The downside on it, again, with filtering, there's a cost. You know, it may cost you about $30 a month for the filters because it, it only filters about 40 to 50 gallons of water per, per cartridge. Okay. But at least you're getting some protection. And then they have programs where you can, you know, buy a quantity of filters and a year supply and do it that way. And what company is this? This is called Alka Viva. A L K V I V A Alka Viva, and I'll send you the information on it. But uh, okay. I end up, uh, I've been, I guess, not representing them, but I've been uh, part of their company for over ten years. I, I know their quality, and I know they have integrity when it comes to water systems. There are a lot of companies out here that say they filter things, but when you get testing on it, you find out that the tests are, are not accurate, or they, they what's in the water is not what the test results say. And that right. you, you that come and test their water um, three times a year by independent uh, people outside of that company by three independent companies. So, oh, that's awesome. Reports. So, what about bottled water? Um, yeah, what about bottled water? I mean, I feel like uh, more than ever we're using bottled water. Yeah, the real negatives with bottled water. Well, what people need to understand what bottled water is is exactly what the word says is water in a bottle. And actually it's tap water in a bottle in most instances. You know, the uh, waters like the, um, and I have to call names because, you know, people are familiar with them, like the uh, Aquafina or the uh, Deja Blue, like the Sante. Those are common, what we call bottled waters that people buy. A Nestle's has bottled water, but they're actually tap water that sometimes they may filter through carbon filtration and put them in the bottle. But most of them are not, um, are not filtered. I know a lot of the Coca-Cola companies bottle water. They they bottle their water in Florida because for some reason they think that maybe the Florida water is not as bad as other places in the country. So you're really paying for um, uh, tap water in a bottle. The 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 another negative about it is that the you know tap water is is um, regulated by the EPA. So the EPA will test the water and tell you what's in it and things like that. But once water is bottled. It becomes like a soda or a Coke. It's no, it's no testing. It's no way to evaluate what's in it. Uh, it's, it's like drinking a soft mm-hmm. drink. And it's, those are regulated by the FDA Food and Drug Administration. And they don't really check water unless there's a problem. So you don't know what you're getting. It's, it's variable about what, for depending on the source. And, and, and then number two, I guess from the environmental standpoint, we know that plastics are really accumulating on, in, the, in the earth plane and there's it's, it's such a problem because once they come in, they don't come, they don't get out, and and they affect our oceans, they affect our fish, they affect our food source, they affect our breathing. Uh, you know, plastics are natural, you know, you know this. Our hormone disruptors and and 
lead to a whole host of medical problems. Yeah. What about distilled? Well, distilled is a um, a way to partially um, purify water. You can remove some chemicals out of distilled water. What distilled water does is, you know, you actually turn the water into steam. It condenses, and then you collect the condensed water. A lot of times, some uh, some metals and some chemicals will actually evaporate at the same uh, boiling point or um, condensation level as the water is, so it goes right over with the water. Uh, what I don't like about it is that distilled water uh, has no mineral content. The minerals don't always pass through also. So it's like drinking dead water. Mm-hmm. Our water, you know, rainwater or spring water has a natural, what we call a, a weak negative charge. And so it's like a, a mild, a really mild antioxidant. Uh, so we need that because that's what our bodies are looking for. With distilled water, you don't have that any longer. So you have to, to create a mineral charge. You have to add minerals back to the distilled water as you as you uh, drink it. And that was similar to reverse osmosis, right? Very similar. Reverse osmosis is the same way. You have to add those trace minerals back. You know, um, I always tell my um, patients and clients that once, you know, they did testing that shows that when you uh, drink the, um, if you drink distilled water or reverse osmosis and you you, uh, capture your urine after the water goes through your system, it has minerals in it. So the, the, the waters actually leach minerals out of your body, pull minerals out because they want to have that charge. So you have to be careful uh, by doing that. But mm-hmm. use, you can do it. Some people drink distilled waters maybe one or two weeks as a way to detoxify. It will mm-hmm. pull the minerals and heavy metals out. But, but in, in general, you don't want to do that as a long-term use for water. And how do we remineralize our water? If we're doing distilled or reverse osmosis, is there anything we can add to the water to give it a better charge? Well, you know, there, there are several products on the market and you can get them at Whole Foods and uh, many health food stores. Uh, it's called Trace Minerals. They have 84 uh, minerals in it. Um, and it's the, all of the, um, the major minerals like the ma- uh, magnesium, calcium, potassium, and then they also have things like uh, the phosphorus and the, and the cadmium and molybdenum and a lot of the trace minerals. But all of those are, are things that our body really needs. So you can do it that way to, uh, okay. you know, and some people will, will tend to alkalize the water to, to give a, a charge to it, too. But it doesn't give it the same charge as alkalize. Like you add lemon juice or add apple cider vinegar or add, uh, you know, half a teaspoon of baking soda to maybe 12 to 16 ounces of water. Mm-hmm. But the alkalizing, I can't even say that word, child. <laughs> but doing that doesn't, that doesn't add minerals. It just changes the pH, right? Exactly. And so it makes it, it makes it, and the pH is, is, is just helpful when it comes to um, the way your body, body utilizes the water. But yeah, okay. it doesn't change the mineral content. So since we're on the subject of pH, mm-hmm. I feel like alkaline water has been all the craze, at least the, at least the past maybe five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits of drinking alkaline water? Is there a problem if you're drinking alkaline water for too long? Uh, no, I really don't think so. When we talk about alkaline water, first of all, there's two ways to get it. Number one way is to, is to buy uh, spring water or go to a natural spring and drink spring water because it's in most cases, uh, it's a... Uh, you want to check the pH. In most cases, it will be alkaline. And when we talk about alkaline, we're talking about the body's pH. So for people who may not understand, your pH is, is your uh, body's acidity at, um, level. You can be from, a, it goes from zero to 14 on a scale, but when you're 7.35 or higher, you consider alkaline. If you're below seven, uh, you consider it acidic. 
acidity mm-hmm. is associated with sickness and disease or health conditions, cardiovascular disease, uh, metabolic problems. Uh, alkalinity, when you're seven or higher, is associated with with a healthy body or, or, or more a strong immune system. You're able to uh, really be a healthier person. So when it comes to diet, you know, you uh, uh, alkaline diet will be a diet of uh, um, vegetables and fruits. An acidic diet will be a diet of meat and potatoes or starches because those things mm-hmm. tend to create a lot of sugar and they create fermentation, which creates acidity in your body. And acidity is like rusting your joints when it comes to joint pain or, you know, it affects your cardiovascular system, causing more prone to cardiovascular disease. So those are the two things. So when you're drinking alkaline water, it's a way to support the alkalinity of your body. It doesn't, it's not going to mm-hmm. make your alkalinity shoot up so high, but what it does is if we live a lifestyle where we are stressed all the time and we're dealing with a poor diet and processed foods, we need to balance that out. And just by drinking mm-hmm. water that's more alkaline, it helps to do that. So every day our body is fighting the battle to stay uh, what we call physiologically balanced, which is at pH of 7.35. And mm-hmm. So we're fighting to do that. So the water and the diet are the two things that helps us to do that. And even if you're someone who's already on alkaline diet, you can still benefit from it and it's not going to throw you off balance? Oh, no, it won't. Because, again, your body's physiology is not going to take you. It's always going to balance itself out. Um, okay. You know, um, that's one, one thing we see with people who have... Um, uh, excess body fat. The uh, excess body fat is a way to also balance pH out, but it, your body has many mechanisms for that. But mm. what we see in in the society and living today in this world that we're always fighting acidity because acidity is everywhere. The number one source, mm. sugar, the number one source is the sugars and starches in our life. You know, people, right? You know, with the sugar cravings and the starch cravings, it always creates an acidic environment. So we, you know, just that alone would would uh, you need that alkalinity? Okay. What about spring water? I don't even know where to get a good source of spring water. I mean, <laughs> but it sounds like it's a great source of water. Well, it is, but you want to check it also. You know, I used to think that uh, all spring waters were great. The fact that uh, nature made it and it came out of the ground, so it had to be good. But you know, I started doing research on it and I would go to the websites for the different various companies like, you know, they have Mountain Valley Spring Water, which is a yeah. comes it's an artesian well water, comes out of the Rockies in Canada and underground rivers and and it comes it surfaces in the United States in Arkansas and also in Alabama and they actually catch it out of spring. That spring water is usually between eight to eight point four pH. Um Mm-hmm. Then Ozarka is very popular, and everybody like Ozarka. And I also always advocate that. But when I t- mm-hmm. when I went on their website and looked at it, their water was six point five pH, and it's below seven, so wow. it's acidic. So it's really dragging your body down, you know. And wow. and you have to test them from time, to, uh, check them from time to time because it will change. I've seen Ozarka be six point eight. One time I saw it seven point zero, but most of the time it's around six point five. And uh, Wow. But then the waters in the spring water, like a Deer Park water, other waters, you're sound, they, they're 7.5. You know, the, the most economical, and I don't advocate any one company, but Whole Foods has their Whole Foods 365 water. But they're usually 7.6 or higher. And for to be able to get a gallon of water for, um, what, 99 cents, or I think they're, they're two liters, 99 cents, but it's like $1.50. That's the most economical spring water you can get um, for the price. That's good to know. People who are doing alkaline water also need to be concerned with having the water filtered, correct? 
Um, yes, filtration is always important because just because the water is, is ionized or uh, it's high alkaline doesn't mean it's clean. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. want to have, you know, and there are a lot of filtering systems, you know, uh, I guess we could talk about the ionizers. These are the, the devices that actually alkalize your water because you could buy water. Like I said, for instance, I have uh, uh, people, I have one gentleman, he buys his cases of water every week or month because he wants to buy spring water, but he must spend a hundred to $200 a month just buying cases of water. And, wow. And so and then there's a double whammy too, because sometimes you buy water like that. You don't want to buy water in plastic that's been heated because what happens, you know, right. you, you, you have a uh, plasticizers or what we call phthalates that actually migrate into the water when it's been sitting there for a while, especially probably over 80 or 90 degrees. And sometimes they've been in warehouses much harder. So you want to, you know, be careful about that. I, I really don't recommend it. So, you know, for people who can afford it, I would suggest getting an ionizer. And that's a device that actually alkalizes the water, changes the pH. It also uh, adds hydrogen to the water, which uh, actually gives it an antioxidant quality. It increases what we call the, the, the orb value, which is like an antioxidant. It's like taking grapefruit seed extract or drinking, you know, 10,000 uh, eating 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C in, in one dose of water, the same antioxidant quality. Mm. Uh, but the key thing with most of those, and some of your um, listeners might be familiar with Kangen or Aquasana, mm-hmm. there are number of filters out there. But the key yeah. thing with them is not the machine, but it's the filtration. Because if you're still not putting right. those pharmaceuticals out, those heavy metals out, those chemicals out, you can drink alkaline water that's still toxic to your body and can lead to, you know, severe uh, health challenges. So what do we need to look for if we're trying to do the alkaline water route and we want to get a good filtration system? How do we know, you know, what to look for? Well, again, the, the company I mentioned before is Alkaviva. And the reason I okay. keep going back to that, because after over 10 years of researching water, I've been always looking for water that removes pharmaceuticals out of the water alone with yeah. the heavy metals. And no company could could attest to that. You know, it, it comes, I would write them, I would get their information, I would go on their website. They had no details about pharmaceuticals. And then when you read your newspapers, like anyone could go on on, on the internet right now and Google pharmaceuticals in water and it'll show mm-hmm. you the number of pharmaceuticals, you know, the the hypertensive medication, the uh, mm-hmm. uh statin drugs and number one in most waters is is um Viagra medication for sexual function or sexual health. And so I don't want I don't want ten year old kids uh, having Viagra in their water or having hypertensive medication. So that was my goal. How do I find something? But Alkaviva okay. came out with a filter that actually removes pharmaceuticals out of water. It was independently tested by three companies. They put out the reports every year, and I mean they ninety nine point nine percent. Uh, effective, which is the highest you can get when it comes to uh, water um, uh, chemical removal, toxin removal, and Love they it. also do the heavy metals. And, and I can share their their reports with you. It's not their reports; it's, it comes from the state of Nevada. Does the testing for their water? They're one of their independent uh, companies. But I so I settled on that company, and I'm still looking for uh, other options. But that's the only one I have right now. So I end up going with, with, with them. And I recommend it to our clients and the people we coach and talk to about water that Alcaviva is the one um, okay. they should go with. So what about all the other water we use day to day? So we use water when we take a shower, when we brush our teeth, et cetera. Like, should we be concerned about the purity of that water as well? We absolutely should. 
I mean, uh, shower. And, and then the number one concern with coming shower is chlorine. Mm. Um, they put the chlorine in the water as a way to kill the bacteria. It's for a good cause. But uh, everyone knows that chlorine as a chemical by itself is like Clorox. It's like, would you take a bath in Clorox? Although the parts per million may be a lot smaller, they say it's at a safe level. Uh, no level of a poisonous chemical is safe. So it kills you slower than if it, if you drink it all at one time. So there are shower filters uh, that people use to remove the chlorine out. That's a good first step. And that's the one I think is most absorbable uh, when it comes to um, uh, being exposed um, externally to chemicals. I, I tell people most chemicals, are most uh, when it comes to cosmetics or chemicals or whatever, 40% of what you put on your skin gets absorbed directly into your bloodstream. Hmm. Not like it gets filtered by your kidneys or liver or has a way to be broken down by your, your by the digestion, but it goes straight into your bloodstream. So it goes straight to your organs. So you have to be very careful about what you put on your skin. Transdermal yeah. absorption is, is, is real and it's powerful. Okay. So we could start with the chlorine filter. What's the next level if you wanted to get gangster about it? Oh, uh, you have to go with the whole house filtering system. Basically, okay. what a whole house system does is that it connects to your house when the water comes into your house, and it filters the chlorine. They they filters quite a few heavy metals out, depending on what system you use. And they should, if you talk to a, a company about a whole house system, they should be able to give you a list of the chemicals that are removed and the toxins that are removed, the bacteria is removed, and how they remove it. You know, sometimes they even have systems where they have an ultraviolet light to kill bacteria, but they also have wow. crystals and minerals. Um, that actually uh, kill bacteria and and uh, remove toxins and viruses out of water. And then you have to have a good carbon or they have a, a, a say a five, eight, 10 stage filtering system that cleans the water, cleanses the water up. Now, whole house systems don't alkalize the water. And uh, I want people to understand that, that you can add a water softening system on it for people who have hard water where they get a lot of corrosion. But that will be the next step. And it is a challenge. You know, I uh, I have a lot of uh, clients who live in apartments and condos and they, they have a, a hard time with it because, you you know, the whole house system requires you you put it in the water supply. But a lot of times you share with other people so you can't do that. But exactly. Yeah. So that's the challenge with that. Um, that's why I, I end up going back to alkalizer. At least you're drinking water and cooking water. You need to start with that and, and use uh, shower filters in your showers is an, another good option. Uh, I know a lot of people take baths. The only thing that that uh, and there are no real bathtub filters because filtering the the technique the technique of filtering requires that water has to run a little slowly over the filtering system for it to really remove chemicals and mm. bathtubs that's difficult to do. I, I've talked to uh, engineers about that process because I thought that was a, an option, but it's technique. Mm -hmm. What they recommend is you have they have called dechlorinated tabs. They have bath tablets that actually remove chlorine out. You can throw them in your bath. Or in the water, and didn't feel comfortable at least about being in the water that way. But okay, ultimately, the whole house system, if you're in a, a home, would be the way to go to make sure you uh, cover all your bases. Do you have a recommendation for a shower filter? Well, there there are several on the market. The one I uh, use is one. Um, it's a company called New Wave, and you can order it on the internet. New Wave uh, has a filter called Enviro Enviro Care. It's mm -hmm. called newwave.com. I think their website is. But they have a shower filter that removes, um, it, they, they promote it as a chlorine-free. I've used that for several years, and I do like it um, 
because you can tell the difference once you use that and you and like we leave and we travel or we go to a hotel and you take a shower you can really tell the difference of your home shower compared because chlorine wow. in the shower one thing i want to say about taking showers in chlorine the bigger problem is that chlorine uh when you take the hot water causes the chlorine to evaporate faster than the water does and the steam goes up or so when you breathe the steam in a hot shower you you breathe you're breathing more chlorine then you actually get it on your body. So it goes into your lung again, straight into your body. So it's like a dose of wow. chlorine. So, wow. you know, I, I had one client who even asked me, should I take my shower filter when I travel, when I go on the road? And I said, well, you know, technically, yes. <laughs> the water filters with, with the, well, it's called the uh, perfect pitcher, which is the one Alcaviva has. You can actually take that water pitcher with you when you travel. And so you don't have to buy water on the road all the time. You take the pitcher with you, you fill it up and you can do 40 gallons. So unless you're going to go out more than a month, usually 40 gallons will last a person for drinking at least a month and around a gallon. Right. Oh, it's a good Yes. Um, is there anything else you think that we really need to know about water or where to begin? I guess I think you've given us a lot of good places depending on people's budgets. Uh, yes. I mean, again, you know, if you had to choose, if you, if you didn't have the option, I would start off with, by getting a spring water, um, tap water and bottle water. Something says purified water. I don't, a lot of bottle water said purified water. I don't recommend those. I, I would go with a spring water. If you had to buy water, you didn't have the the uh, resources to get any the technology that purifies water uh and but if the spring water should show you on the bottle what the ph of the water is that's a good sign that they are being responsible because they know that people that the water should be a, a positive or a, a higher ph so i look for a bottle of water like a you get a fiji water or even if you get some deer park waters or something that may not be so expensive they still have the, the ph on there and number two mm-hmm. Alkaline water would be a choice. Most spring water, if the pH is correct, is going to be alkaline. The waters that actually say alkaline and that are spring waters, that would be my next option. But just because a bottle says alkaline water, it may have a high pH, but it doesn't mean it's clean. So a lot of people pay two, three, four dollars mm. for alkaline water. But I want to know what is a water source and how was it filtered before they alkalinized the water? Good question. Ultimately, I, I, I would... Um, I would really recommend if you if it's a health issue or a health challenge or you just want to live a life of longevity and get the cleanest water possible, uh, you would get the get the uh, ionizer because what it does is that you know it would it ionizers can run anywhere from uh, seventeen hundred to three thousand dollars, but I tell people over a period their last ten years or more you change between mm-hmm. um, one thousand and two thousand gallons at least a year a year more. But in the long run, when you're when you're at home and you're working out and you need bottled water in your ceramic or metal water container or glass water container, or you you mm-hmm. you're cooking, you're drinking, you're making soups, you're doing so many things with water, we need to have a water source that's reliable. We need to have a water source we can depend on. You know, mm-hmm. we're in Houston, Texas here, and you know, definitely during hurricane season, we have floods and we have a lot of problems going on. And I, I know the last time in 2017, Hurricane Harvey, our, our, our head of our water division in Houston, um, the system was overflowed because the city flooded and all of the chemicals came up and it went through the and the water was really more toxic than it normally is. And they asked the commissioner, said, well, how what chemicals in the water? He said he didn't know. He said, well, all I know is over 3000 chemicals in the water that we didn't have before. And he said, well, how do we know what they were? He says, we don't test for them. So there's no, I, I couldn't even give you the information because we don't even test for them. We know we can't get them out. And so that really 
a light bulb came over my head that although we eat healthy food, we try to maintain uh, exercise and a good diet, but we still have a that elephant in the room, which is the water. Hmm. So good. Where can people find you online and where can people get your book? I'm at uh, Dr. Floyd, that's D-R-F-L-O-Y-D, at drfloydatkins.com. The website is www.drdrfloydatkins, A-T as in Tom, K-I-N-S.com. Um, also, we have a, a nutrition center. Uh, it's called Preventive Measures. And the website for that is www.preventive, P-R-E-V-E-N-T-I-V-E dash or hyphen measures.com. Preventive hyphen measures, M-E-A-S-U-R-E-S, measures.com. But those are the, the two main places to locate us. Uh, if anyone has any uh, questions or if they email me at that, I can be able to share uh, some, uh, we have some handouts about water and, and um, water quality that people need to know, uh, like benefits of alkaline water, benefits of acidic water, because acidic water does have benefits too, but but those are information that people need to know. Just Thank you so much, Dr. Floyd. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I just appreciate it and hope uh, this information has been a benefit to, to someone. All right, y'all, it's time to take some questions from Instagram and email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs, or respond to the call for the questions on my profile at The Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. The question for today is from Stacy via email. She says, Dear Raw Girl, I know drinking water is good for me, but I hate the taste of water. What can I do to help me increase my water intake? Hi, Stacey. Thanks so much for your question. It's a really great one. And you should really know that you are not alone in feeling like it's difficult to get your daily water intake in. First off, you want to make sure that you're actually drinking the best quality filtered water that you can get access to. The taste of our water can sometimes be affected by the contaminants in the water. Once you do that, using the guidelines as explained by our guest expert for today, there are a few other things you can try. I usually have my clients who don't like drinking water try infused water. You can infuse your water with fruit. Citrus is a common one, like lemons, oranges, whatever you like. You can also infuse your water with herbs like mint or basil or add vegetables like cucumber slices. I've even had some clients infuse their water with berries. For some people, this improves the taste enough that they naturally want to drink more water. For those who are still struggling, I sometimes have them try adding a bit of a powdered vitamin pack um, to the water to add flavor so they're getting some additional vitamin C or nutrients and also drinking more water. If all else fails, don't forget you can drink non-caffeinated teas and include that in your hydration intake, and you can also eat your water. Make sure to get in a lot of water-rich fruits and veggies into your daily regimen. I really hope this helps you. It is time to close out the show. Hopefully this show has informed you about why drinking your water is a major key to staying healthy and also how to weed through the many sources of water available to you. 
I want you to take stock and keep track of how much water you are drinking. If you're not drinking enough, make it a priority to increase it to a minimum of half your body weight in fluid ounces of water. If you are the type who tends to forget to drink, remember, all habits we form need to be easy, accessible, and have visual cues. Buy a water bottle that is BPA-free or a glass one, or several of them, and have them visible to you the first time you wake up in the morning, on your desk, or with you at work. Today, I'll leave you with the words of Stephen Curry. Drinking water is essential to a healthy lifestyle. If getting your water is not a habit, I hope this week you make a change and boost your hydration status. Well, that's all she wrote for today's show. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at the raw girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For past episodes of the show, visit our website, stayingagelessshow.com.